Hey everybody, this is Joe McCall, WholesalingLeaseOptions.com, and I am here with some really good friends of mine, Keith and Shannon French. Keith, Shannon, are you there? We are. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hey, Joe. <laughs> I sure like you guys a lot. Um, we met through Life and Air, and uh, we met in Chicago, I think it was the first time, and then we spent some time together again in um, Wisconsin. But um, we are uh, students of Life and Air, and we do a lot of the same things uh, together uh, and wholesaling lease options. And Keith and Shannon's, uh, their, their websites is um, buybaltimoreproperties.com and keithandshannonfrench.com. Um, you guys do uh, work in the Baltimore, Maryland area, at least for now. And uh, you guys are rocking and rolling there. And I was wondering, I just wanted to ask you guys some questions about kind of where you came from, a little bit of your history uh, what you're doing now. So um, could you guys tell me a little bit about um, your history, where you came from, and, and uh, how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, well, basically, both of us um, have, kind of have very parallel lives. Both of us had worked corporate jobs at Chevron, and uh, we didn't know it, but we worked uh, for the same company, Chevron, and we actually quit our corporate jobs in May of 2005 within two weeks of each other and didn't know it and wow. started pursuing real estate <laughs> at the same time and found out that as we started spending money on training and going to boot camps, we actually crossed paths at some boot camps and still didn't know it. Um, but both of us started uh, full-time in real estate in May of 2005. I was here in um, in Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, and Shannon was uh, had her business in Columbia, South Carolina. And about a year and a half into our businesses, it was October of 2006, I was uh, speaking about short sales for, um, for Ben Pargman in Atlanta. Yeah. And that's where uh, Shannon and I got to meet, and it was just uh, <laughs> so many sparks flew between liking each other and doing the same things. That uh, and three months later, I was moved up to Maryland. Awesome. And we combined our, we combined our businesses, and it's just been so much fun since then. Good. It was funny. Uh, one person that uh, that came from Maryland with me said that might be your future wife, and uh, <laughs> it's just funny. We're we're getting married uh, this April the fourth. That's awesome. I'm really happy for you guys. And you're oh, going thank you. and you're going to Sedona, Arizona, one of the most beautiful places in the country. We are. We can't wait. We're leaving uh Tuesday and uh we'll be in Sedona and have a nice little outdoor wedding in Sedona. And you're leaving your work at home, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> we're gonna try, but we love this new strategy and before we get into it, uh we love our new strategy so much it's not painful to carry with you and do it. Wholesaling with options. Well that's true. I was just in Austin, Texas last week and um it was so nice not to have to I've been unemployable now for almost a year. <laughs> and uh it's so nice not to have to ask a boss for some time off or worry about vacation hours and to I could take my work with me. Now my, my wife and I had an agreement, we talked about this beforehand. <laughs> I told her, I said, Look, um, I have you know a lot of work I'm doing right now with this course, and, and I'm going to have to do some stuff from Texas. Um, and I had several deals going on. But um, I worked a lot less than I was actually planning on. Um, we had a great time down there. But it was nice just to be able to, all I need is my laptop, really, and my cell phone, and I can do this business from anywhere in the world. Yeah, that is really great. Keith and I really enjoy working from home. 
we're animal lovers, so we get to spend all day with our pets. And, um, you know, uh, our, you know, morning wake up time this morning was based on, oh, we got to get ready for Joe's call. Yeah. <laughs> and that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how'd you get started in uh, flipping lease options? Well, I guess it was uh, an evolution. It um, kind of looking back at when Shannon and I first started, we used to tackle this business the hard way and do uh, renovations and short sales and wholesaling of junkers. At least that's primarily what I was involved in. Yeah. Now, on Shannon's side of the yeah. business, she was mostly into sandwich lease options and subject to transactions. Mm-hmm. So that was just another great thing when we met. I did half of the business. I did the junker side of the business, and Shannon did the pretty side of the business, which is what subject to and lease mm-hmm. options are called. Right. We trekked along for about a good four years, um, guaranteeing payments and renovating houses and really just working really hard. It makes yeah. good money. Yeah. Um, it was about a year and a half ago, we just we had sold some of our own homes rent-to-own, and other investors started coming to us asking, how did you get 20 to 30% more than I got retailing my house to a realtor, you know, like a renovated home? Yeah. And so it started, the evolution just started us selling our own homes on rent-to-own, then other investors asking us to sell their homes rent-to-own, and then word of mouth spread yeah. pretty quickly, and yeah. people, just regular clients and homeowners started saying, Hey, what's, you know, help us sell our house, uh, rent to sell or rent to own. Yeah. And as we started doing it, it became the most painless operation ever. And we wondered why did we ever renovate homes? <laughs> well, right, right when the, um, I think it was early last year, we had just completed renovating, you know, five houses. We got offers on them, but with it being such a, declining market, you know, a buyer's market where they were lowballing offers, demanding yeah. 6% seller help. It just really didn't make the sale worthwhile. And that's, we just said, forget that. We'll rent to own it. Yeah. And um, so that was the evolution on that part. Well, and then once we figured out, you know, we can do this for other people, when, when Keith would get seller calls, it was a much easier conversation um, to convert them to look, okay, I can pay all cash, but it's going to be a low ball offer because, and he would explain why. Um, or we can try to get you full retail for your home, and mm-hmm. so we would convert some leads that would normally go into the trash yeah. by um, applying this strategy for them as well. So it, it kind of has been a work in process over the several few years of combining some strategies. And you're not con- you're not guaranteeing any payments anymore, are you? No. No. And, and in fact, isn't that our nice? Biz- oh, yes. Very nice. <laughs> well, it goes, um, we, we just used to pay thousands, we would make thousands and thousands of dollars a month, but at the same time, our debt service and outgoing overhead cost and uh, cost of operating that kind of business is almost equal to what you bring in. Yeah. Whereas wholesaling lease options has almost zero outbound cost. And it's all income. Mm-hmm. There's no risk. There's no loans in your name. There's no payments to make. There's no utility bills. Insurance. No insurance. insurance <laughs> no contractors to deal with. It's absolutely a almost 100% positive cash flow business. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about wholesaling. And, and in wholesaling in general, the traditional wholesaling, 
Um, I've made a lot of money, and I know, you, I know you guys have too, in the traditional wholesaling model. Um, but talk a little bit maybe about how it's a little easier to wholesale lease options than traditional uh, rehab wholesaling. I think it's 10 times easier to wholesale a lease option than a traditional uh, wholesale because, first of all, when you're, when you're traditional wholesaling, you have to get a property so cheap, it's unbelievable. You have to actually get it around 40 to 50 cents on the dollar maximum. Yeah. So you have to go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of leads to get those houses. Once you get that house under contract, you've got to find a buyer that will pay no more than 55 or 60 cents on the dollar. Right. And with the economy the way it's been the last couple of years, lenders used to give these buyers maybe 70, 75 cents on the dollar. And now they're at 55 and 60 cents on the dollar. So basically you're working for days and days going through leads, looking mm-hmm. at houses, talking to hundreds of sellers to get one deal. Yeah. Right. Because of where the current market, two things have happened where, um, uh, the, the lending for your buyers that would buy your wholesale deals, that has gotten, the ratio has gotten lower, which Keith mentioned. And then also, we've seen many investors just don't have access to any funding because they've tightened up their requirements so much. Not only just the ratio, but just even the qualifying of who they will give money to. Oh, yeah. Um, it, that Our buyer's list has gotten squeezed until things come back around. Right. It's almost got to the point where the buyers have to be self-funded and don't have to rely on hard money or private money. Whereas wholesaling lease options is opposite. 90% of the leads you get are people that have little to no equity in their home. They need retail value for their home. And talk about a buyer's list. We think that over 80% of the population fits the buyer's list. People that, that have the money to buy a home, have the money for a down payment, can afford a home. They just can't get quite the loan they want today. So not only is it 90% of our leads now, it's more pleasant conversations with the seller saying, we'll get you full retail for your house mm-hmm. instead of 50 cents on the dollar. And then there's just thousands of buyers. They're just It's unlimited, your buyers. Well, that's that's the, the main reason I'm into this business is there's so many sellers you can't sell and there's so many buyers you can't buy. And it's it's just a matter of being there in the middle to help them find each other. Um, and you make a good chunk of change. You make just about as much money as you would traditional wholesaling, um, a, a, a junker, as you would wholesaling a lease option. We find that, that it's if not the same, it's more in this market now. In, in an opposite market, it's about the same. But in this market, in the last couple of years, we make more wholesaling lease options mm-hmm. than we did traditional wholesaling. So how much do you guys, if you don't mind me sharing or asking, um, how much do you make on average per deal? It keeps going up each month, uh, Joe. It's It's been amazing. Uh, as we fine-tune our systems and attract more buyers, um, we find more and more people with more and more money to put down. I would say probably on average right now, it's it's around $10,000. Yeah. yeah. That is amazing. I was going to say 8 to 10. And, um, I mean, we're just finding folks that uh, there are – people out there that have money and they have saved it specifically to invest in a home and they were thinking it was just going to sit in a bank account you know for five years before they could qualify for a loan and we're getting them um 
you know, into a home right away. Now, that number has probably gone up because I'm trying to think, you know, we've been able to utilize the $8,000 tax incentive yeah. um, uh, to increase their down payment. So when someone uh, has a large um, down payment, we make it even larger. For instance, we're about to do a deal. She's got 16000 uh, to put down, and she qualifies for the $8,000 tax credit, so she's going to have 24000 down on her home that is within a couple of months. Yeah, I'm doing that on several homes right now. So, But in Baltimore, um, in the areas you're focused on, what's the median home price in that area? Well, the median home price in in Baltimore area is probably two fifty to three hundred thousand. Okay. But the the houses that we focus on are from one hundred and twenty five thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand. The bread and butter first time home buyer homes um, are just so easy to fill and find buyers for. We do find if we go over three hundred thousand. It's a little more challenging, time on the market, finding somebody with that kind of money to put down, yeah. and being able to cover the mortgage with the lease is a little tougher, but the 125 to 250 range is so easy. That's actually that's interesting because the median price in St. Louis is maybe 150, um, but I still I focus on the bread and butter in the same area, the same price range you're talking about. But that is really, really important. you got to stay where... Um, most of the uh, first-time home buyers are, and where most of the uh, FHA uh, financing is. Um, yeah, that's really, really good. So tell me, absolutely. Um, I really am interested in how you find your buyers because you're you're finding. You sounds sounds like you have some great systems in finding your buyers. But first, um, wanted to ask you about your marketing and how are you. Well, actually, I just remembered something. You, you talked about you're you're making an average of maybe eight to ten thousand. Um, per deal. How many deals per month on average are you doing? And that keeps going up too, Joe. Um, I would say right now we're doing probably three on average each month, but as our systems grow and our reputation expands rapidly through social media, we anticipate that three to be more like five or six in a few months, but right now we're averaging about three placements a month. That's phenomenal. That's really, really good. Um, okay, so um, how how are you finding your sellers? What's What are some of the um, forms of marketing that you found that work really, really good for you guys? Well, we, we have a couple. Um, uh, I'm trying to think because we actually just started implementing this for other people. How long ago was October? Um, October was no, um, six three, months ago. Four, Five, five to six months ago. And so that's kind of, you know, we've adapted and tweaked things. So let's start from in the beginning, how we were getting our seller leads was. So, yeah, we, we've kind of evolved there too. We, we were sending out a, a yellow letter, direct mail letter, but instead of saying we buy houses cash, mm-hmm. we were saying we can, we can help place a tenant buyer into your home and get you full retail asking price for your house. Yep. And that yellow letter that we sent out worked fantastic, but it was costing us about a dollar ten a letter because we really specialized, make it handwritten, um, no printed, no no labels or anything. And but it got a great response rate, and that's how we initially got uh, basically direct mail um, with the customized uh, letter, 
uh-huh. and we would mail to absentee owners, right? Yeah. Primarily to absentee owners. We did some expired listings. Yeah, and another easy way, if you have access to the MLS, you can get, uh, and we do, you can get expired listings, and so that's another great avenue. And instead of sending them a letter, we actually have somebody look up their phone number, um, find the owner's address, look up their phone number, and call them, and that's been working fantastic mm-hmm. as well. So you, then, are you still doing that now, or are you saying you, you used to be doing that? Now we kind of use that. We were using it more as a backup. We, um, uh, you had uh, helped us with, you know, marketing on Craigslist mm-hmm. uh, with your technique, and uh, we did that. And and for what we did, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, we didn't do that much of it, but we got a response. And then the latest thing that has just really knocked our socks off that we're so excited about. Um, I was going to talk about uh, the partner here in. Um, uh, Baltimore, and yeah. he wanted to take over it. There, there's a you know a, an investment company that is still doing rehab oh, yeah. and still marketing you know for the junkers, and they have you know strong integrity. Been in Baltimore for a long time, just a, a fabulous reputation here in Baltimore, and I think we've crossed paths with them you know a couple times over the years. Well, um, we struck up basically a partnership because they're still doing what we used to do. Uh-huh. They still get a tons of tons of leads that they can't do anything with. So they're spending their marketing dollars getting all these leads. The ones they can't do anything with, they're sending over to us. Huh. And we basically have worked out an agreement that um, when any of those, you know, pop for us in terms of, you know, placing a rent-to-own tenant buyer in them, you know, we'll give them a cut of what we get paid. So it's a beautiful scenario where, our marketing is being delivered to us, and we only have to pay for the ones that work. Excellent. And what I was going to add, Joe, is your technique of uh, using the Craigslist to uh, to reach out there worked wonderful, and it almost co- it costs literally nothing if you do it yourself or if you outsource it. It's just just a couple of dollars an hour. Yeah. Um, and had we not found this large group of people that are just filtering their leads to us, we were going to really implement the strategy you had because it, it cut our marketing dollars down from, um, we were sending out 200 letters a day at $1.10, and then your strategy cost zero, <laughs> so we had cut our marketing dollars down to nothing, and it's, uh, so what I, I think we're trying to say is there's easy ways to find these leads. Mm-hmm. Your method is probably one of the easiest, expired listings, yellow letter, and then find other investors who are just doing renovations and and ask them hey can all the leads that are that you can't do anything with we can so pass them over here and we'll pay you on the ones we close well and on many of the properties that we're working in that we've placed already they were investor owned properties and they are just like this is fantastic i'm going to send you all of my you know properties to fill this way oh yeah so that would be another way to get leads is build relationships with people who are still renovating and have the ability to hold on to the properties. They don't have to retail it, you know, in the next month or two. And because uh, I've been really surprised. Again, we've only been at this for other people for six months, and we already have five or six investors that are like, do this for my properties. So referrals has um, has really caught on quick. Yeah, these investors are renovating, say, three to four or five houses a month, and right as they're getting them ready to put on the market, they give them to us to rent to sell. <laughs> That's excellent. I'm getting most of my leads also from investors right now, too. Um, the thing I've been noticing in my area, however, a lot of the investors are 
um, doing working on homes kind of in the lower end of the medium price range. Um, so my, my profit per deal, at least in St. Louis, is a little smaller on the deals that I'm getting from investors. But I don't have to do any marketing for those. I get more than I can handle from investors. In fact, I've partnered right. recently with one. Um, he's going to be – he owns about 53 homes that um, – He's going to be converting them from regular leases to rent-to-owns. And so whenever the lease expires, he's going to go in, fix them up, and sell them on a rent-to-own. So over the next one or two years, he's just going to give me these 50 homes as uh, as the tenants vacate them if they don't want to buy them. But um, there was at one time I was getting a bunch of leads from a big Homevestors franchise here in St. Louis. Um and uh, they, uh, we had an agreement that I would pay them, I think it was <clears throat> 10 or 15% of whatever I made if I of a lead that they sent me. And they do, you know, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month, and uh, they were giving me their leads. So there, there's a huge market for um, out there. If you, if you know, if you're doing the Craigslist, if you're calling Fizbos. Um, there's also realtors, there's property managers, there's mortgage brokers, there's other big investors that are doing lots of things. Um, there's a, there's really a never-ending supply of leads. There there is Joe, and it's probably the uh, the e the the least expensive marketing technique to do for wholesaling lease options. So not only is it the majority of the leads out there, it's the least expensive to 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 for overhead purposes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, wholesaling lease options is just the most amazing uh, yeah. strategy ever. Isn't <laughs> a real breath of fresh air after doing so many rehabs? Right, and and you Required. don't have some people ask me and get concerned. Well, why would the investor be willing for for me to keep you know three percent of the option deposit or or all of the option deposit? Do you run into that concern with these investors you're working for, with them being concerned are you making so much money on them? No. Not one bit, and I think Shannon wants to jump in on this one. Well, I mean, at once, you know, if they balk at any percentage, because we give them a range, um, you know, we typically target to get anywhere from 3 to 7% down. Mm-hmm. And if they balk at the 7%, all we have to do is show them a comparison of, look, okay, list it with a realtor. And, you know, no, no, you know, I mean, no disrespect to realtors at all. It's just, you know, the structure of the business. As far as, you know, qualified buyers, their market, they're going to lowball the offer, they're going to ask for seller help, and then you've got commissions to pay and your share of closing costs. Hmm. And typically with our deals, we're able to get a higher ultimate purchase price with no commissions involved. So it's really still, in most cases, uh, well, I think in all of them, we're still netting them, even with our fee, more money than what they'd get selling it on their own or selling to a realtor. Oh, 20 to 30% more. Basically, we've done a pretty strong analysis of selling through the MLS, and you'll get 80% of your listed price. If you list a home at 100000 after all the closing cost commissions, seller help, and, and, and other things, mm-hmm. a person can expect to walk away with a net check of 80000 Yep. With our selling lease options and rent-to-own strategy, we build our fee into the purchase price. Mm-hmm. So actually, if they want 100,000 net at the closing table, they walk away with 100. So mm-hmm. we we keep them exactly what they want. So it's 20 to 30 percent more than through the MLS. Exactly, yeah. and that's what I do too. When I'm talking to sellers, I ask them, well, "How much do you want to walk away with?" And then tell me 100,000. I say, "Okay, 
great, I'll get you 100000 And uh, they ask me, well, how much, well, how do you make your money? And I just tell them simply, look, I make my money from the tenant buyer. Um, and then I move on to uh, talking about other things. I mean, you don't have to go into a ton of detail with the sellers on how you make your money. You just, they just need to know that they're going to be getting what they want. I'm going to be getting them their asking price. I'm going to be getting them the rent. And uh, we just add our fee to the price of the home, and we get paid from the tenant buyer. Um, and I rarely ever have a seller object to that. I Same here, Joe. I mean, we talk to probably 20 people, 20 sellers a day, and it's really rare that one ever has any issue with us getting the money from our tenant buyer because mm-hmm. they're not stroking the check themselves. Right. And if they do have an issue with it, well, that's fine. Just get off the phone and move on to the next one. Um, There's plenty more. Oh, yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you guys advertise for tenant buyers. How do you guys sell your home so well? Well, what's been working amazingly for us is um, we have a website that's called uh, 410 uh, Rent to Own. Okay. And we two ways that we drive traffic to that website, which drives them to uh, an application they fill out. Uh, we run Craigslist ads that say, you know, rent-to-own homes uh, and just various types of, uh, of wording around that, uh, no banks needed, um, you know, rent-to-own homes in the Maryland area, and drive them to our website. And then we also put out roadside signs okay. um, that say 410 rent-to-own, and that's about it, yeah. and that's it. And I can't tell you how many people go to that website and fill out our application, and that's all we're doing is Craigslist ads and roadside well, signs. It's not a full application on there. It's just kind of a brief, what are you looking for, what's your dream home, what's your price points, basically. Mm-hmm. And we, we still follow up with all of them because a lot of folks, um, if they're still in a rental or you know haven't ever owned a home, they're 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 still in that rental phase of thinking, and so they might have said, you know, I've got a thousand to put down, but they're just thinking, you know, one month's rent or something like that. Um, after we talk to them and educate them more on rent to own, uh, they're like, oh, you know, I've got more than that saved down, and and that happens more often than not. Yeah. So it's. It's just a very brief Craigslist ad, roadside signs, um, and, um, of course, that's separate from our main website. Um, And then we ultimately get them, you know, going to our main website at some point once we've, you know, made a connection there and, and, you know, seen that it's a viable lead. Yeah, we shoot a lot of videos. So besides what we were talking about, we use YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and our WordPress blog site, which is buybaltimoreproperties.com. And the social media and and the video tours of our houses and testimonials from both tenant buyers and sellers is really starting to get very viral at this point. Yeah, Yeah, you guys have just taken that to a whole other level. I have a lot to learn from you guys. Um, In fact, next time we see each other in um, uh, Tennessee, are you guys going to be there for the life in there? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we wouldn't miss that for the world. And, um, you know, Joe, I feel like I've known you a lot longer than I, I can't even believe the first time we met was, was just back at the Chicago retreat. And um, it has been a pleasure, you know, um, being able to, you know, bounce ideas off. We've gotten a lot of help from you and how to implement this right away. It's, it is an easy strategy to implement right away. I mean, 
And um, I think that's what's been nice is is that you've been there to because you're doing exactly what we're doing and, and be able to just balance questions back and forth and perfect this process. Excellent. And um, us working two different parts of the country, there's no competition. <laughs> so well, and I I think Keith and I were surprised that I mean once we kind of fell into this strategy, we were surprised to find so few people doing it. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we're believers in there's plenty of business for everybody, even if you're in the same market. Um, you know, there's just abundant opportunity, so we don't ever stress or worry about that. But um, but we were surprised to find so few people, and we're so refreshed that, that you know, you had, um, you know, gotten so far along with it and had things, you know, very fine-tuned. I think so many people still think you have to take it subject to and pay all the transfer taxes and guarantee yeah. the payments. Or Yuck. Sandwich lease. And they just don't realize that you can you can do, be the matchmaker in the process and get paid uh, almost the same with no risk and no downside to the business uh, at all. Well, let me ask you guys. Let's say you find a deal that where the numbers do look really good, where the seller is willing to just give you their equity, um, and they have a lot of it. Uh, what would you guys do in that case? Would you still flip it, or would you um, try to hold it? I'm telling you, after having held many, many properties and had some huge portfolios, we're enjoying uh, the simple life, and yeah. we would go ahead and flip it personally. Or but, move into it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last three homes I've lived in have all been lease options. Good. But, yeah, if it was something with a tremendous amount of equity and if it, it was truly the perfect location, we'd probably consider holding on to it in the sense of moving into it ourselves. Okay. Good. It, it's always a tough one. We might keep it, but it's so easy to wholesale it and just keep going. Right, right. But if you did keep it, would you would you keep it um, with subject to or, or lease option, do you think? We would do a lease option because uh, transfer taxes, uh, unless we're going to put, so our rule of thumb is if we're going to put more than $5,000 of our own money into the property to bring it up to standards, we'll take it subject to because transfer taxes are 4%. So with subject two, you get the deed, you pay transfer taxes, and the only time we'll get the deed and pay those transfer taxes is we have to put more than $5,000 of our own money into it. Yeah, Otherwise, the sandwich yeah. lease option because there's no transfer taxes. Yeah, that was a big shocker for me. In South Carolina, transfer taxes on subject two deals was just really minuscule. It wasn't a deal breaker or anything like that. And when I moved up here to Maryland, uh, we did a lot more of the sandwich lease options so that we could work around that transfer yeah. tax. Uh, which is just so high here in Maryland. And I know probably most people listening to this call, their their state is probably not as bad as Maryland. Well, I, I like lease options just from the standpoint of control without ownership. Um, because if, if, if a deal, you know, if you're not going to be living in the house, if it's going to be an investment property, if things go south, it's a lot easier just to tell the owner, hey, I'm not going to exercise my option on this house um, if, when you don't have the deed. And that's. I just was asking because at least here in St. Louis, if I found a really smoking hot deal where the numbers are really good, um, and I wanted it as an investment property, I would probably do a sandwich lease option on it, um, just for the simple matter that if things do go south in the future, if home values continue to drop um, and it gets a lot worse, right. it'd be a lot easier to give that house back to the owner than it would if you bought it yeah. subject to and you had the deed. Exactly, and we, we make that clear to sellers when we take something uh, subject to or a sandwich lease option. 
Uh, if it's subject to, yeah, ethically and morally, you have to keep making that payment and legally. Uh-huh. Uh, there is no option. No matter what happens, you have to keep making that payment. With a sandwich lease option, you can prepare them for the future. We can't guarantee how the future is going to look, and you, you just don't have to make that legally uh, payment going forward. But we none of us try to get into that situation right. ever. Right. Well, cool. i got two more questions for you guys. Um, uh, how do you... You structure your deals. I know you do them a little differently than I do, but can you talk a little bit about that uh, for more of like how you approach the deals from a property management uh, perspective? Absolutely. Um, you know, every state's different, and you, you have to um, to figure out your state and figure out local attorneys to, to get information there. But uh, in Maryland, you don't have to be licensed to be a property manager. And that we so we advertise ourselves as a limited services property management company that will place a tenant buyer into your property. So um, we have used three agreements. Our first agreement is between us and the seller. Okay. It's a property management placement agreement. It just stipulates that we're going to be marketing your property, trying to find a tenant buyer to place in your property, and how we get paid. We we spell that out in our agreement, and it tells them that we will get three to seven percent of the um, option fee, which is um, part of the purchase price, and then once we find someone to place into their property after we've done an extensive criminal background check, employment check, uh, rent verification check, and present them to them, and, and the seller says, let's move forward with these tenant buyers, we put the tenant buyer and the seller into a, um, a rental agreement, and then we have a separate option to purchase agreement. And basically, the terms in that option to purchase agreement then transform into a purchase and sales agreement when they exercise their option to buy. Good. So we're connecting the seller and the tenant buyer um, directly together. Uh-huh. We've got a, a we've got an agreement with the seller, so there's no assignment of any contracts because we're able to do this um, uh, in Maryland, and um, and pretty much we're out of the deal once we've we've um, matched them. And uh, there was another thing I was going to say, but now it's slipped my mind. Um, it just, um, yeah, basically in Maryland it was easy for us to, to just do the property management agreement and then put the seller and tenant buyer together on the contracts instead of assigning uh, things. I remember the other thing, too. And we have everything flow through an escrow account. Oh, yeah. we, don't have, um, we don't have the tenant buyer pay us directly. Um, everything flows through an escrow account. We kind of have a mini closing where they all meet together and we sign contracts. It's not a technical closing because there, you know, no title is transferring. Yeah. But we tr- we treat it like a closing uh, on the seller and the tenant buyer end, and everything flows through escrow and everything is released out of escrow once the contracts are ratified. Is that a local escrow that- company you use there? Yes, we use our local title company. Um, Maryland's a title company state. Okay. And um, we, all of our tenant buyers deposit their money directly in the title company's escrow account, and then once they sign off and we sign off, it's released to us when they get the keys to the house. And what it does is it makes it a lot simpler when they go get their loan someday. It's crystal clear that that money went into a title company escrow for a down payment. And it just makes things real simple for them getting their loan down the road. Yeah. So are you guys licensed realtors? No, we are not licensed. Okay. And, um, yeah, we're not realtors, and Maryland does not have any license requirement for property managers. Okay, good. 
Final thing, uh, Keith and Shannon, what kind of suggestions or tips would you give to somebody who is looking into this business model and uh, wants to uh, to jump in and start doing it? You want to go first? I definitely can share. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I think um, we've seen that we've had a lot of people inquire about wanting to do it, and I would definitely have people get some basic training. And I know you're coming out with something that I know is going to be awesome, and we'll be referring everybody to. Um, I I am a big advocate of that because mm-hmm. you know with with a junker deal that you're wholesaling to an all-cash buyer, it's pretty short-term, straightforward. When you're doing a rent-to-own and a lease option, it's a long-term relationship that you're putting into place. And you need to be fully educated. Um, No one has a crystal ball of what, you know, the million things that can go sideways. But you want to make sure both the sell in, in our situation, we're educating the sellers and we're educating the tenant buyers. And we really, you really want to know how these things work inside and out, uh, so that you can, you can properly educate them and, and set their expectations correctly. Right. Um, and, you know, and going and getting training on lease options and all the strategies, yeah, it might be, you know, a different technique and not this specifically as far as wholesaling it, but it is going to be valuable information for you to know, you know, the ins and outs of it. Um, and, um, you know, but I don't mean, I, I don't mean that to discourage anybody or to put any, you know, unnecessary fear there, but just always, it's probably my answer to anybody wanting to get invested. You do need to find the right sources to get some good education and, and have some good contacts. Um, uh, just, just because this is a longer term deal that, yeah, we say we're out of the deal, but, you know, once we match them, but we might get a call a month later because a question comes up, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and we we assist them along the way with that as well. Yeah, I'll just have to second, uh, you know, every time I talk with you, Joe, I'm taking notes, and uh, I know your, your, um, your training program is going to be invaluable, and I can't wait to get it on my shelf for reference. But Shannon and I still continue to get training six mm-hmm. years later, yeah. And I know you've heard the figure we've thrown out. We've spent, you know, $150,000 on training. And so training's invaluable. And the other thing that I would tell new people getting into this business, don't get greedy in this business. Um, don't, uh, you know, when I first started out, I wanted to keep and rehab everything because I was going to make three times more. Well, after having purchased and sold over 200 homes now, um, You've got to be very careful and extremely seasoned before you start keeping properties and rehabbing properties. Yeah, yeah. Um, wholesaling lease options is such an easy, no-risk strategy that if you have the proper training, uh, there's there's really no risk and no money needed. And I encourage people to follow this type of program, get seasoned doing this, and then if you want to start keeping properties and rehabbing them, do it after you've got your cash flow going through wholesaling lease options. Very good. Now, what would you guys recommend to somebody who wants to do their first deal? Where do you, where would you say go? Where should they start? Let's say they've already been edumacated. Uh, what do they do next? Well, I, I mean, definitely your course, Joe. I mean, you're putting together exactly what we're doing, and we don't have a course. 
And it took us six years of doing this business to to figure out how to do this on our own. Yeah. And you're cutting that uh, learning curve down to, to however long it takes them to go through your course with you. So, I mean, truly, that's my recommendation. Don't spend years trying to figure this out. And because wholesaling lease options is really a hybrid of, of, of other strategies yeah. shortened and put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, you've got a course to teach people how to do it immediately. So, so someone first, first starting out and they've decided they want to wholesale lease options, you've just got to uh, get the marketing out to generate some seller calls and get used to and practicing talking on with sellers. Yeah. And, um, and it'll be an easier conversion than anything else, definitely than a lowball, you know, cash price. Yeah. And um, well, yeah, I want to comment on that. I mean, when we used to buy houses cash and have to get houses at fifty cents on the dollar, those aren't the most uh, rewarding conversations. They're rewarding when you get the house at fifty cents on the dollar, but you, it's just no fun lowballing sellers who really need money. Uh, for a, for a desperate situation, and you're trying to get them down as low as possible so that you can get funded. Yeah. And the conversations with wholesale and lease options is wonderful. We can yeah. get you full asking price for your house. How does that sound? And it's just such a happy conversation. So new people, if you have a fear of talking to people on the phone and negotiating, it's not that hard to negotiate getting you the highest price possible for your home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing I've added, Keith and Shannon um, started when I've. Uh, been talking to sellers, well, not added, but I emphasize now a lot more, is, look, I already have buyers interested in your home. Um, I have a big buyers list. But, you know, even if you don't have a big buyers list, you're just getting started. If you network with some mortgage brokers who, who, uh, you know, you ask a mortgage broker, what are you doing with all those leads that that aren't, the people who aren't qualified, Um, and if you can get them to send those leads to you, you right there have a huge buyers list. Where when you're talking to sellers, you can say, look, this isn't a fishing expedition. I already have buyers right now who are looking for homes in your area that mm-hmm. uh, we've pre-qualified. I know your yellow letter, um, with the, the yellow letter that I've seen that you guys send out had that in there, and that's already in your message. But I found, too, when I'm talking to homeowners, um, and if I can em- emphasize that, I've had sellers, I can't tell you how many times have told me, well, this sounds almost too good to be true. Or why would anybody say no to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same. I mean, our conversations are, are most sellers go, Keith, this is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. sign me up. You mean you don't charge me anything? There's no marketing fees, nothing? And you get paid from the people you put in my house, and I get what I want for my house? Uh, sign me up. Well, and and do you, is your agreement exclusive? In other words, can they still advertise a home or if they lease it or sell it before you do, what happens then? Great point. We we emphasize to them up front in the first few seconds of the conversation that we are not exclusive. Mm-hmm. We know you're trying to sell your home, and so there's really no risk to you, seller. You can still try to sell it yourself or through a realtor, and we're just another avenue for you, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to be impressed at how quickly we're going to find somebody to pay full asking price for your house if you can wait 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Um, but we are not exclusive. And do you guys have a credit repair mortgage broker company that you put your tenant buyers through? We do, and he's great, and um, uh, and he's local. So, um, and we do have several resources, and we we kind of have our favorite. Um, and you know, most of our sellers don't require their credit to be pulled because we're giving them you know income. We're giving them 
you know, so much information from our background check and rental history check and things like that. Yeah. But uh, there are some that, especially on the ones that we do the land installment contract for the $8,000 tax credit, we will run credit and, you know, get that whole shebang. And he does that for us. And, Good. and, um, and it's just but, a great, great uh, resource to have. One way, uh, Joe, we incentivize our tenant buyers to get into credit repair is um, we tell them if you want the seller to take you seriously and put you on top of their application list, uh, if you get involved in credit repair, it's going to demonstrate that you really want to buy this house. And I would say 90% of our tenant buyers voluntarily get into credit repair to demonstrate how serious they are about buying a home. That's, that's great advice. I, I've not I've thought of approaching tenant buyers like that. So you get them. You try to get them signed up before they even find a house. We, oh yeah. We get them working as soon as their application comes in, and we contact them and see that they have some money to put down. We uh, go ahead and encourage them to call our credit person. And one other little thing I, I like that we've implemented is, you know, repairs and maintenance are typically passed on to the tenant buyer, but the way we've handled that is the seller will pay for a home warranty system. Yeah. And that way, anything that goes wrong with the house, the tenant buyer then calls the home warranty and pays the deductible. So that's another easy yeah. way to pass repairs and maintenance on the tenant buyer without it really costing anybody much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other topic that, uh, Shannon, I appreciated your email, um, and I'm going to emphasize that more in my in my course because um, that's really important. The um, You have to be real careful when you you can't necessarily – Make a tenant buyer responsible for all the maintenance and repairs. Right. It's that that kind of language in a contract is not enforceable. It's not illegal, right. but it's just not un, it's not enforceable. But a home warranty goes a long way in in preventing issues like that, doesn't it? Right. And we again, this comes back to educating the seller of saying, look, contractually, you know, here's how we set up the repairs. Um, for our own properties, if there's ever an issue of repairs, I would never go to court, you know, over a repair issue. Yeah, yeah. And you shouldn't either because it's still your asset. You know, title hasn't changed, you know, um, it is still your asset and you want to protect it. And let's figure out how we can, again, you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen um, a million ways. But, you know, contractually can say one thing. It doesn't mean... Um, that it's enforceable should you choose to go to court over it, which, um, again, it's another thing you want to just make sure you know the laws of your state, that you're advised by an attorney, um, because, you know, the last thing you want your rental agreement to to happen if you should go to court on something other than a rent issue, I mean, a repair issue, is get it thrown out because you've made it look so landlord, you know, heavy and yeah. favorable. Yeah. Um, and Maryland in particular, you know, is probably the worst state in the nation as far as how tenant-friendly they are. And there's reasons for that. I don't mean to dog Maryland or anything like that. But my point is, is just getting educated. Know your state. You know, um, be prepared. Educate your seller. I'm a worst-case scenario type girl, so I have that conversation with the seller of, you know, okay, let's talk about it, and here's what we would do. And here's how you, do you see that you're still better off than just having a vacant property. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and you add in yeah. the cost of repairs to the to the option price of the home. Absolutely, absolutely. No, and, no. Um, and the other thing about contracts is every deal that we do is unique, yeah. um, and we're constantly tweaking our contracts, too, because, you know, oh, we've found out an issue, um, you know, with this particular deal. And so 
it, it's a fluid document in that, you know, just everybody's different and it's going to have unique requirements. Right. Hey, I got one more question for you guys on the credit repair. Um, the person you have local, what do they charge for your tenant buyers? He has a couple of programs um, uh, that they can buy into. There's an upfront fee that's like either 100 or $150, and then it's either like 50 or $75 a month. He is also a mortgage broker, so if they um, choose to do the loan through him ultimately, he will credit back to them at closing any amount they spend on credit repair. Wow. And it's like they got credit repair for free. And, um, now, is he licensed, uh, just, is he licensed in um, more states than just Maryland? I think he is. I think he's um, with Eagle Nationwide Mortgage, and I've Googled them and have seen that they have offices, you know, all over the nation. As far as uh, if he's not licensed in a particular state, I'm sure he could refer you to somebody that, you know, works with the same programs. Would it be appropriate to um, give his name and number on this um, interview, or can I can you can you email it to me? Yeah, I'll email it to you. Um, and I think that um, you know, I just don't know if he is licensed in other states, and I doubt the majority of your callers are going to be Maryland folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, let me. I think Keith is uh, pulling up his number now, um, and whether you choose to keep it on the call or not, I don't think he would mind at all. Um, his name is Jason Littman, uh-huh. and he's with, uh, let me pull up, I think, yeah, I just want to make sure the information is accurate, but go ahead and give the number, and I'll look up the mortgage company. Yeah, Jason's that. number is 410-789-1768. Good. 410-789-1768. I use um, a guy here in St. Louis who does also credit repair um, and mortgages all over the country, and uh, his website is cornerstonecreditrestoration.com um, or fixmycredit.com. The name of the company is Cornerstone Credit Restoration, I believe, and the website is fixmycredit.com. But the whole point is um, you want to find somebody that is good at credit repair and who understands lease options and how to convert tenant buyers into traditional financing. And um, it's really... I like having somebody local in my area that uh, I can go sit on their desk because I stay involved, and I know you guys do too. I tell the sellers yeah. that, uh, look, we're going to stay involved. We're not just going to uh, leave. Um, we're going to follow up and make sure that the tenant buyer is, is in credit repair, that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and we're going to be available if you have any questions to call us, all of that good stuff. But you do something. You do that same thing too, don't you guys? We, well, Yes and no. I mean, technically and contractually, we're out. Yeah. You know, right, once right, right, right. Good we, point. But, but you know, we do get an occasional call, um, never regarding, you know, hey, they haven't paid rent or anything like that. We've never gotten that call. Um, we've gotten the call of, hey, they're going to get financed sooner than later. You know, where do we go and what do we do? They kind of forgot, you know, yeah. what we had told them before. And so we just kind of have to revisit and 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 show them the way. Um, and and so oh, absolutely, we're always in, involved. Um, we'll help them, you know, run through the finish line. Um, and uh, it's pretty much straightforward. Nothing that we you know charge extra for. We've already gotten paid on it. So uh, we definitely do continue the relationship afterwards. But and, contractually, right. you know, we're not required to, but we do. That's a real good point because. Um, you are not obligated to do that. Once you get your money, you're done. 
but um, it's just good to to offer your assistance in any way you can and to make sure that they're you're setting them up for success um, I really believe it's important not to put a tenant buyer in somebody's house that you know does not have a good realistic shot of getting a mortgage in one to two years um, right that is so you, important you brought up a very important point um, our conversion ratio is so high Joe because we pass up a lot of investors out there that are, are dabbling in this type of thing. We'll take somebody with just a little bit to put down and put them into a house and a rent to own. And I think the nationwide conversion ratio is, is, is not as, not that high right. because people don't spend the time to get that qualified person in there. We have a 90% conversion ratio because with the best of our ability, we put someone in there that everyone believes is going to be able to purchase that home. Excellent. And we pass up a lot of business and probably could make a lot more money quicker, but in the long run, our reputation would be horrible because none of our tenant buyers yeah. would be converting. Excellent. Right. Yeah, I have similar numbers, and my buddy John Jackson in Dallas, Texas, uh, he's done this for over six years, and uh, his, his numbers are 80% have his tenant buyers get financing in six to eight months. Because he pre-screens them so well, he puts them in credit repair with somebody. He actually brought a, a mortgage a lady who's in the mortgage industry, um, kind of brought her in-house, and she does all the credit repair for him. But yeah, you got to take that seriously. You got to put. I used to, and I'll be honest, and I'll admit that I used to when I first got started uh, four or five years ago doing lease options, taking the first person in that uh, could that could breathe and that had enough uh, deposit uh, without really caring too much about their credit history. Now, we don't expect perfect credit, right? But right. Um, there is, there is, if somebody is just now in foreclosure or just now going through a bankruptcy, um, they may not be the best candidate for some of my homes. Um, and, and, and sometimes the seller will tell me, look, I don't care if you lease option this house for 30 years. Uh, I need somebody in here right now because I can't make next month's mortgage payment. Well, in those kind of scenarios, maybe I will put somebody in who's just had a recent foreclosure or a recent bankruptcy. Um, exactly. As long as their income is good. But um, mm-hmm. most of my sellers, they want to sell their home in one to two years. And so I'm going to put somebody into that house that I think has a really good realistic chance of getting a mortgage that soon. That's exactly how, how we operate, too. If we have a candidate that's put in an application... We say to the seller up front, look, we've got an application, but we call them a long-term tenant buyer. Yeah. Uh, it's minimum two years, if, but most likely three to five. Yeah. And, you know, we disclose that and because we want to present them with every application, but, you know, um, with also what our analysis brings up. But our clientele is the same as you. Most of them are wanting to sell. They wanted to sell yesterday, yeah. and so they definitely want to sell within the next year or two. But occasionally we do have a seller that is like the priority right now is to get the mortgage covered. You know, if I have to, you know, start over again with rent to own because this family doesn't do it, I'm fine with that. You know, they're fine with holding on to it. Good. Well, you guys, Keith and Shannon, are awesome. And um, I really appreciate you sharing the time you have with with me here. And uh, if somebody wants to find out more about you guys, tell us again your websites. Um, and Joe, thank you so much. It is always, we always look forward to any call and any email and, and seeing you at the retreat coming up again t- soon. I yeah. mean, we're just 
always excited to hear about what's going on with you and, and all the help that you've given us is, is just so much appreciated. Yep, we can't wait to see you at the next event. But if anybody wants to find more out about us, uh, more out about us, <laughs> um, we're at www.buybaltimoreproperties.com, or you can go to keithandshannonfrench.com. Yeah, and let me give a little plug-in for you guys too. If anybody was wants to learn about social marketing, social networking, uh, how to use Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, blogging. Um, Keith and Shannon have just done a phenomenal job in doing that. Um, and just go to their website and join their lists and copy what they're doing. You guys have a huge following, don't you, on these uh, social networking sites? We do, especially like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. It's, yeah. it's all connects. And what It didn't take long for Keith just focused on it and said, okay, I'm finally going to figure out this Facebook thing. And that was just last April or May, right? Yeah, we basically have it to where no matter what we post to where, we can post a video to YouTube. It appears on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn simultaneously, and our blog. So wherever we post anything, it appears virally in four or five other places instantly, and then that goes viral. Excellent. Very good. Well, I sure appreciate it, guys, and um, let's talk soon. And um, when well, is that retreat, when is it again? Is it in... Um, June? I think it's got to be sometime in June, and I think it's going to be in Tennessee. I mean, we've been a little bit focused on a different trip coming up oh, here yeah. this week. <laughs> well, you guys are leaving. <laughs> you guys are leaving tomorrow to Sedona, so God bless you guys. Yeah. And I hope you have a. Yeah. You get. You promised to send us pictures. And, oh uh, yeah. We will. You'll see uh, videos on YouTube probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's good talking to you guys. Likewise, Joe, thank you very much for all the help you've given to us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.